Yivamas Perk Yud, Mishnah Gimel 10.3. The Mishnah continues on with these kinds of cases, but it's a new case um, of a woman who's married to Mr. A, and then she thinks he dies, and she gets married to Mr. B. The difference here in our Mishnah, we'll start out by saying, the question we're considering now is the question of Yibum. Does she, can she marry anybody she wants, or does she have a Zika connection to her brother-in-law first? Now, recall a couple things. First of all, the way that Yivamos always works is that we look at the moment of death when the husband dies. We kind of take a photograph of the family tree, and based on that photograph, we say, listen, if he had no living descendants, then she falls to Yibum and she has a Zika to her brother-in-laws. And if at that moment he did have living descendants, then she's off the hook and she's free to marry whoever she wants. More than that, remember that in the event that she would marry someone else and then discover that, in fact, she had a Zika, meaning she had to do Yibam first. So then her crime is a general love from the Torah. She has a Zika, she's not allowed to marry somebody else until she resolves that Zika with Chalitza or Yibam. In contrast, if she was actually exempt from Yibam, but she erroneously performed Yibam, which means she married, she lives with, she slept with her brother-in-law, so that actually, if that isn't sanctioned because of the mitzvah of Yibam, that becomes an Iser Karas, uh, meaning a penalty, a Dorais, a penalty that's punishable by Karas, um, called Eishas Ach, a, the man married his late brother's wife, which is an Iser Karas, so before. Okay, so that's sort of the backstory here. So now, our mission will consider a few scenarios. We'll just here, here Here's the gist of how they start. If a man had a living, let's say a son, and the two of them went on vacation and the boat capsizes and they both drown. So the million-dollar question is, who drowned first? If he drowned first, so at the moment he died, so then his son was still alive. And when the son succumbed a minute later, it doesn't matter. At the moment of death, he had a child, and therefore his wife is exempt from Yibum. On the flip side, if the son drowned first and two minutes later he drowns, so then, since at the moment of death he had no children that were alive, she, the wife, will be subject to the mitzvah of Yibum. So that being the case, uh, our Mishnah says, You have a woman who's married to Mr. A, and Mr. A goes overseas with his son, her son, to the, wherever it is, anywhere, and then they come, or one witness comes, and they tell her, Your husband died. And then, after he died, your son died. Meaning, at the moment of his death, he had a living descendant, his son, and your son, the woman's son. And that being the case, he was, there's no mitzvah of Hebam, so she's free to go and marry whomever she wants. Vinises, and based on that information, let's say even an Eid Echad, one, one witness, which, like we said before, she's permitted to do, rely on that. So she marries someone else, and then, they tell her after that she's married to Mr. B, uh-oh, we mix things up, it was actually the other way around, meaning that first the child died, and then your husband died, meaning when your husband died, he had no living children, meaning when he died, he left you as a Yavama, who needed to resolve things with his brother, and you didn't, you just married somebody else, so that means she did a love, she has to then fix up the mess, first of all, Tetze, she has to split from her Mr. B current husband, um, and she'll still need to do Chalitza with her brother-in-law. Now, 
according to the Tana here in our Mishnah, we're about to read, this is like Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, you recall, we had in previous Prakim, held that any of the Torahs of Surim, or many of the Torahs of Surim, um, even if they're not punishable by a Kares, still Kedushin Einan Tovsin, if they're, it's Esther's relationships, like the, like what we're talking over here, where she's not allowed to marry someone else. So she simply can't get married to somebody else, Mr. Bean, until she resolves her Zika with her brother-in-law. And that being the case, the definition always is a mamzer is the offspring of a union in which Kedushin Einan Tovsin, which you can't, you're not allowed to get married, and if you need to try, it won't work. And Rabbi Kiva, who our mission is following, holds that would be true in the case of a woman who has a Zika to her brother-in-law and then tries to marry someone else. They can't get married. So I'm the same way as you can't get married to your mother and your sister. You can't get married to anybody, says Rabbi Kiva, who's got a, a restriction like this on them. So that being the case, says the Mishnah, the Mishnah Paskans, Vahavlad Rishon Vahachron Mamzer. Both the first and second child, if you will, um, are Mamzerim, meaning any offspring that she has from this new um, man, Mr. B, are going to be Mamzerim. Rishon means the child that was born, or actually more correctly, the child that was conceived before she learned the facts that her husband died childless, meaning that she had a yibum obligation. And the achron, the second, the latter, means the child that was conceived from Mr. B after she found out the facts. There's no difference, says the Tana here, and we only mention the two possibilities to contrast what will happen later on in the Mishnah. So that's how the Mishnah rules. Now remember, we paskin not Rebekah, we paskin that only relationships that carry with them the penalty of Kares are ones in which Kedushin Ein and Tovsin, that you cannot get married. And this is simply just a generic love for a woman who has a zika to her brother-in-law to marry someone else is a generic love. And therefore, the halach is that Kedushin is yes, Tovsin. You could get married. She could get married and she would be married. And therefore, the get she would require would be a Doraiza get as a post-Rabiki, which is just their abundant nature. Um, and more than that, the child would not be a mamzer. So neither the Rish nor Achor, no matter what, there's no mamzer here um, at all. That would be the halacha. Although there are some no sekelim hold that there will be a mamzeris mitzurabonin, but that's a slight point. Okay, now case number B of the Mishnah: Amrula meis benech, va'achakach meis balech. First, they come to tell her your husband who went overseas with your his only child. Um, so they both drowned, but the report is that your child drowned first, and then your husband. So when he died, he had no living descendants. Therefore, you have a zika to your brother-in-law. And there she went, Venis Yabma, and they're like a dutiful wife. She goes and she marries her brother-in-law, doing Yibum. And after they're married, or they slept together even one time, the truth is, whatever, Yibum, so they'll call it married. After that, they come and tell her, Oops, we got it mixed up. It's the other way around. Meaning that first the husband, your husband died, and then his child died, meaning he wasn't childless at his death, and therefore you're not chayv and yibum, and therefore your marriage to your brother-in-law is illegal, actually illegal under the penalty of karis, because it's ashes ach, which is bad news. So the din will be, first of all, teitze, of course, she has to separate from her new brother-in-law husband, and v'havlad rishon v'achon mamzer, and any offspring that comes, that came from that relationship, whether before or after she discovered that it was illegal, um, all those offspring will be mamzerim, because this is a relationship which is a chiyav karas, marrying your brother-in-law, not in the context of a mitzvah yibam. And even not just the Rebbe Kiva, but even the Chum will agree to that. Everyone agrees to that, that the children are 
Mamzerim. Now, on these first two cases, you have to ask yourself this, the same question for both of them, and it really will be true for the subsequent questions as well, which is, why are we believing the second witnesses more than the first witnesses? Um, if you have two witnesses that are contradicting each other, so who said that the fact is that, you know, who says the fact is he the child died before or after the husband? How do you know? So it has to be one of two cases. Either the case is that our mission is kind of using that same phrase, that they, ba'uva amru, like we did in Mishnah Aleph, means a single witness came and told her. And therefore, if one witness said that gave the order initially of who died first, and then a second pair of witnesses come and say it was the other way around, so the second pair of witnesses, of course, is believed because there are a pair of witnesses, they're believed over a single witness. So that would answer the question. The second possibility would be that you have two pairs of witnesses, each with two, two pairs of two witnesses, but the second pair doesn't just makhish, doesn't just um, repudiate and, you know, contradict the first set of testimony. But more than that, they do hazama. They, the hazama is they, they impugn the first set of witnesses. They say the first set of witnesses are a bunch of fakers and phonies, and they couldn't be telling the truth because they weren't even at the scene of the event. We were there when the boat sank, and those two jokers were locked in their in their you know their, we were in the we were in the same hole as them. Through our window, we could see who drowned, but they were locked in their bedroom, and they couldn't have been there to see anything. So they're completely they're liars. They're liars about what they saw. They couldn't have seen anything at all. So now, since the second pair of witnesses isn't just giving a contradictory testimony from the first pair, but actually impugning, repudiating, and like you know this what's the word impugning? Like they're 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 saying this this first group of witnesses themselves are illegitimate, attacking them directly, not just their testimony. So therefore, we believe the second one's over the first, and therefore the consequences are as the mission set out. Okay, now there's still two more cases to go. Case number C in the mission is Amrullah Meiz Balech. They come and tell her um, that your husband died. But this case is not a case of of uh, like Yibam. It's simply that she just she believes them that the husband's dead, and then the Nisays she gets married. No, they say that's not what happened exactly. We were mixed up. You were married to your husband, Mister A, actually didn't die back then, but he's dead now. But the problem is, she married Mr. B, thinking her husband was dead. She's still married to Mr. B. Now her husband is dead. But since the marriage, the would-be marriage, occurred when the husband A was still alive, that marriage isn't binding, and she was an anxious ish. So that being the case, we say Tate say, first of all, she can't stay with Mr. B since she was like effectively unwittingly had an affair with him when she was still married to Mr. A, so they get separated. But... We differentiate now between two sets of children. The children who were conceived prior to her husband dying, meaning here, Rishon means before the husband died, not before the new set of witnesses. The witnesses, so here, the first child that was conceived when she was still married to Mr. A is a child that's born from an illicit, ish, married woman, Zunus union. And that being the case, that child is textbook. Mamzer, right? Their relationship is totally forbidden under penalty of Karsh. She's an Ashish, sleep with another man, and therefore the child's a Mamzer. However, after, if the child was conceived after her first husband died, so then now she's just a widow. And for a, a widow to have a relationship with another man, even if they're not married, and that may not be nice, but it certainly doesn't create mamzerim. That's why the word mamzer is hard to translate in English because it doesn't mean a child born from like 
out of wedlock, like a bastard or something, or illegitimate. It means a specific category of child who was born from a union, which is, you know, Kedushin Einotel Samba, that's a Chiyav Kars type, whatever, a, a severe, a prohibited relationship, um, severely prohibited, and that's, like, not the case. It was just a, a, a woman who's a widow, or for that matter, never married, who, you know, like a teenage pregnancy or something, that's not the same, doesn't produce mamzerim. So that's what we're saying, the achron eno mamzerim. The fourth case of our Mishnah is Amrullah Meis Balich. They tell her, listen, your husband died. And based on that information, Vinis Kadsha, she now goes and gets, I'll call it engaged, the Kedushin, she accepts a ring, if you will, from another man. So our Mishnah is going to end on a happier note, instead of all these tragic scenarios that have up to now, which is, since she only accepted Kedushin, so they're like, okay, they were, truth is they're like, I'll call it married, right? I said engaged before, it's tough to translate. But they never lived together as husband and wife, and therefore they never consummated the marriage, and therefore there was never an act of znus there. Ve'achakach ba'bayla, you know, at the last minute, in walks Mr. A, and he's, you know, and he is her husband, and she never married another man. She accepted a ring from another man thinking it would be Kedushin, but it, anyways, she couldn't. Kedushin ain't told somebody. She's a married woman. You can't marry a married woman. Someone else can't marry her. So that being the case, so the ring giving and accepting was like actually meaningless. Nothing. Just a ring uh, with no nothing binding. It wasn't really Kedushin. And therefore, Muteris Lachserlo, she's permitted to go back to her original husband because she never was married to anybody else. It was just a big, you know, a mistake, a farce, which is actually, which is great. That would be true even if Mr. B, after giving her the ring, doing Kedushin, he gave her a get. You'll recall that Kedushin really is the first step of marriage, and to sever a Kedushin bond requires a get proper, a regular get. So let's say the second guy gave her a get. So now she really like kind of looks and feels like a divorced woman who's married to somebody else. And normally if some, a woman is married to Mr. A, and then she goes after that marriage is dissolved, she marries Mr. B, and then Mr. B dissolves the marriage meaning, you know, by whatever it is, death or divorce, she can't go back to Mr. A anymore, ever again. She, once she's been married to somebody else, she can't go back to her original husband. It kind of looks like that over here, but nevertheless, we say the whole giving of the ring and the con- subsequent get are all a big farce, because she was married anyway, so they mean nothing, and that being the case, lo psalamina kahuna, she's welcome not only to go back to her original husband, like we said before, but actually she's not considered even to be like some sort of like divorcee midirabanan. So meaning, if her husband were a Cohen, she could remarry him. But but uh, even if her husband wasn't a Cohen, so after the husband dies and she's a widow, we could consider her just a widow. We don't say she's a widow and a divorcee. We ignore the fact that she got to get from the second guy because it was a joke, meaning she could now marry Mr. C, even if he's a Cohen. Ezu Darsh Rabbi Elazar ben Masia. The base for this is actually a drasha that Elazar ben Masia made because the Pasuk says, talking about a Cohen, and the prohibition of him marrying a divorcee, it says, A woman who was divorced from her husband, he, the Kohen, may not take as a wife. That's a lot of words. I mean, it could have just said a divorcee. Why is it a woman who's divorced from her husband? So the Joshua is, and this is what the Mishnah says here, Accepting a divorced, a would-be divorced from a man who actually wasn't his, wasn't her husband, is ineffectual and doesn't make her restricted from marrying a Cohen. So therefore we say that this woman is totally permitted to marry a Cohen in the event it later becomes relevant.